0: time of worship, as always, did a fantastic job this morning leading us into the presence of God through praise and worship. I think its uh, we could already say it's been good to be in God's house, amen? I love being in the presence of God. We could probably uh, go ahead and have a prayer of dismissal and go on home and say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord, but nobody get too excited. We're not going to do that, amen? I do have a word that uh, I believe the Lord's placed upon my heart. And I want to share it with you this morning. Thank you, brothers, for that special this morning. You know, that's one of my favorite songs. Feels like I'm born again. How many of you know it It feels different after you've been born again? Amen. There's a difference in your spirit. There's a difference with the peace that you now possess as a child of God. And uh, We're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. I, I can't help but think about every time y'all sing that song, what happened to me. How many of you are glad that Listen, we, our experience with the Lord Jesus is not limited inside the four walls of this building. That we can, we can go outside this place, and as a people of God, we do go outside this place, and we can and do experience God wherever we go. Um, you don't have to be in uh, a church building, in a church service, to be in the presence of God, in His manifold uh, manifest presence you you can be anywhere and have church amen you don't have to be in the church and so that's I've experienced that and I hope and pray that you do as well one of my greatest times of experiencing the Lord um, you know many times is at my workplace I spend a lot of time there and so I'm able to uh, get along with the Lord even there and the Lord speaks to my heart and, and, and we have church sometimes there just like We have church here, amen. And one of those times was um, during that song that y'all just sang that feels like I'm born again. I've got a partner that I work with just about every day. I was riding down the road one day and we had the radio on 89.7 K-Love and and that song came on the radio. And man, I'm telling you, the the Holy Spirit of God just got a hold of me in that truck. I I was having church outside of church. And I realized that the Lord, listen, he's right there with us wherever we are. Y'all believe that? And I, that's what was going on there that day. And man, I was singing unto the Lord. And I guess I was singing a little bit louder than what I thought I was singing. And I got done, man, just a good time in Jesus. I mean, I, I enjoyed myself. And I got done, and man, just feeling good about the Lord blessing my soul. And uh, that brother that was riding with me, he looked over and he said, let me ask you, you like that song, don't you? See, I said, yeah, I love that song. He said, well, let me ask you, who sings that song? And I said, Mac Powell sings that song. He said, well, let Mac Powell sing it then. <laughs> he wasn't as blessed as I was. But that don't make any difference. I am thankful that we can experience the Lord wherever we are. I'm, I'm with you, brother. I'm thankful that I can, I know what it feels like to be born again. God's not a feeling, but you can certainly feel the Lord. No, uh, the feeling's different after you've been born again. No doubt about that. Take your Bibles, turn them back to John chapter 10, and again, I want to read to you one verse of scripture. Week before last, I began a message entitled, Five Keys to Abundant Life, and so uh, we're going to do our best to continue with that today. We started that um, week before last, this last week was Father's Day, and so uh, I preached to you a Father's Day message, but I want to get back to abundant living, amen. That's what Jesus promises, isn't it? John chapter 10, verse number 10. The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus says, listen what he promises. Listen what he tells um, all of us here this morning. This word is for you. I don't care who you are. If you're here today and you're a child of God, it's certainly for you. If you're here today and you've not yet met Jesus, you've not yet trusted in Jesus as your personal Savior and been born again, this word is still for you. You just can't realize it yet. And I stress yet, Jesus says this, I am come that they might have life and life more abundant. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you again for your presence in this place. Lord, we are desperate for you. We are desperate for you moving and working in our lives. We need that more than anything else. Lord, these people don't need to hear what I have to say. They need to hear straight from heaven this morning. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, fill me up and pour me out. Use me for your honor and for your glory to do your will among these people by your power. And for these things, we're going to praise you because we know you're able in Jesus' name. Amen. Abundant life. That's what Jesus offers and that's what we can receive. Now, if you remember, I told you abundant life is... Uh, Not as much about the quantity of life that you have or the quantity of things you possess in this life, but more about the quality of life that you possess. Uh, And that's really what Jesus is talking about. Not as much quantity, but... Quality. Now, first and foremost, I want us to get a hold this morning of uh, the, the personal relationship we need with Jesus. We talked about this last time, and folks, that's the first step. How many of you know you can't have the abundant life Jesus offers unless you know Jesus in a personal way? That's what we all need. That's what we've got to have. If we're really going to have the abundant life that he offers right here in the 10th chapter of John. Now, folks, I want to I want to share with you something. Uh, why do we continually talk about a personal? We talk about that a lot around here. And I'll tell you why. Because there's a lot of false information going around today as to what it means to be a part of the family of God. You know that there's a lot of people who believe that simply because you've been born in America and we deem this nation to be a Christian nation that they believe you're automatically Christian just because you're an American? There's people who believe that. That is rampant in the Bible Belt where there's a church on every corner. And a lot of people believe just because you've been born where you've been born, you are a Christian. I want to tell you something. That's not the truth. You know, there's a lot of people who believe that uh, just because you come to a church service or come in a church building on a regular basis, that that makes you a Christian. I want to quote for you one of my favorite preachers, uh, Dr. Charles Swindoll. He said it like this. He said, coming to a church building does not make you a Christian any more than being in a garden makes you a tomato. And he's right. That's the truth. Folks, just coming into a building or coming to a service, that can't make you a Christian. That does not make you a Christian. You've heard me say before and I'll say it again. Listen, church is a great place to get saved, but coming to church, that doesn't make you saved. It really doesn't. See, you need the power of God at work in your life to truly cause you to be born again into God's family. Ain't nothing wrong with coming to church. I'm glad you're here. I'm thankful you're here. I hope you come back, but I want you to know coming to a building and being a part of a service, that don't make you a Christian. That don't give you abundant life. A lot of people believe that you become a Christian or you have a personal relationship with Jesus just because you do a lot of good things. You've done all the things that you deem to be good by your standard. Folks, let me say something to you. When you put up what we've done in our own power next to God's standard, the Bible says it's just like filthy rags. Well, what's he mean by that? We can't do enough in our power to be made right with God. We need a Savior. We we have got to have a Savior. God knew that. That's why he sent his son Jesus. Amen. And so none of those things make you a Christian. You know, there's a lot of people who believe that just because their mother or their father were a strong believer, that somehow that makes them a child of God. I was talking to a gentleman uh, years ago about my faith and how the Lord had saved me and what he had done in my life. And, and he, uh, I was telling him about how all of us need a Savior. And he said, oh, preacher, you ain't got to tell me that. My mama read the Bible through seven times. I said, well, that's great, man. I'm glad your mama was a believer and I'm glad that she trusted in the Word of God. That's awesome. And I said, but I want you to know we can't go on mama's faith and we can't go on daddy's faith. It must be a personal relationship that we have with Jesus. We have to know Him if we're going to have the life He offers and he kept saying, but oh, you just, you already know my mama. My mama was a good lady. She'd help anybody she could and she loved the word of God and she was faithful to church. All he could think about is what mama did or what, what uh, she had done in her life. And he was trusting in that, to, that, that he was going to be right with God. Listen, folks, I want you to know something. None of us are grandfathered into the Christian faith. It's a personal decision that we all have to make. And so I I need to ask you, before we go any further, the first step, the first key in having abundant life is a personal relationship with Jesus. Do you know that you know that you've been born again? Has there ever been a time in your life when the Holy Spirit of God convicted your heart and began to show you just how much you needed a Savior? I know when I truly got saved, that's what happened to me. The Lord convicted my heart in such a way, I saw my sinfulness. I saw how lost and undone I truly was. I knew there was something missing that I didn't have, that I could see in the lives of others, but I knew it wasn't real in me. And I saw that all the things I had tried, church membership and being a good person and being baptized and Doing all that stuff wasn't enough. And the Lord broke my heart. Has that ever happened to you? And at that moment, I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sin. I trusted in His finished work. I trusted Him For forgiveness. And folks, I want to tell you something. That which was missing before became real in my life. The peace that I had longed for came when I truly trusted in Jesus. And if you've never experienced that, if you don't know what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus, I've got good news. He's still in the saving business. He's still speaking to hearts. He's still changing lives. And by His grace, through faith, today you can be born again into the family of God. The first step for abundant living is a personal relationship with Jesus. Oh, folks, it makes all the difference. It changes everything when you've got the real thing personal relationship with Jesus, that's the first step. But you know what I've come to figure out? That even though I've been born again, I know I have that personal relationship with Jesus. There have been times, moments in my life when I'm still not living that abundant life to full potential. And maybe you've been there as well as a child of God. We walk around and worry and doubt and we walk around and and things that keep bringing us down amen and we're not living to the full potential that jesus saved us to live to as children of god so not only do we need that personal relationship with jesus but as a believer let me give you another one this morning we need continual prayer we got to pray continually and I'm going to tell you something, when you get a hold of how powerful prayer is, it will change your walk with Christ. I can promise you that. It really will. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Take your Bibles and turn over to Romans chapter number eight. There's three or four things that I want to talk to you about today concerning prayer. Uh, First of all, we want to look at the power of prayer. I want us to see the persistence of prayer. I want us to see the priority of prayer. And I want us to know the privilege of prayer. We're going to talk about all those things um, this morning and maybe this evening. But uh, first of all, let's look at Romans chapter 8. Watch what the Apostle Paul says. This is one of my favorite verses in all the Word of God. Romans chapter 8. And let's look down at verse number 15. Let let me go ahead and say this while we're here. If you're looking for a good quiet time for this week, something that you can get in the word of God and really glean from the scripture and see what God is saying to you, just take your time and read through, study through Romans chapter eight this week. I promise you it'll bless your soul. Romans chapter eight and verse number 15. Watch what the Bible says. For we have not received the spirit of a bondage again to fear. How many of you are thankful for that? Because of Jesus, I'm no longer in bondage. I have been set free, praise God, by His power. But ye have received, watch this now, the spirit of adoption. Everybody say adoption. Do you realize that once you have that personal relationship with Jesus, once you have been born again into His family, when you've come to the realization that you're a sinner standing in need of a Savior, when you come to the place when you trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin, when you know that there's been a time in your life when God's done a work on the inside that's made a difference on the outside, do you know right then and there you are adopted into God's family? Wow. If you're here today and you've trusted in Christ, you are now a son or daughter of God. Born again by His Spirit. December the 23rd of 1978, I was born to the family of Brian and Diane Price. That's my physical birth. But I want you to know because I trusted in Jesus, I've been born again spiritually into God's family. He is now my Father. Amen. That's what Paul is saying. He says we've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And you say, well, why, would, why would we use Romans eight fifteen to talk about prayer? Well, I'll tell you why. We will never, ever, ever see the power of prayer, realize the priority of prayer, see why we need to be persistent in prayer and the privilege of prayer. We're never going to see any of those things until we see truly who we get to pray to. We the Bible says now, we have a relationship with God the Father. We have a relationship with the great I am. Do you realize when the Bible says that God is the great I am, that means he's the eternal existent one. He has been God in eternity past, he is God in this present, and listen, he will always be the sovereign God of the universe throughout eternity future. When I say sovereign, I mean He has all power over all things. Realize who He is this morning. Don't let it become commonplace to you. Amen? You know the Bible says in Genesis 1-3 that God spoke and light came from darkness. Do you realize throughout the rest of Genesis chapter 1, we see that God stood on nothing and spoke and everything came into existence. Do you realize Psalms 147 says that God knows the number of the stars and calls them all by their names? How? Well, he's the one who spoke. And these stars that we see in the night sky came into being. Wow. He did that by his spoken word. And I get to call him Father. And you do too. So when we see how powerful He is, and we know He is our Father, our, that, that word Abba there means Daddy God. He's got that special relationship with us only like a loving Father can have. When we realize who He is and the relationship we have with Him, then we realize how powerful our prayers are. Let me tell you why. Well, I'll do things for my babies that I probably wouldn't do for a lot of people. Amen? Just yesterday, my wife came home with a surprise. I'm not going to say it's a, well, it is a good surprise to some, maybe not to others. I was working out in the yard. She pulled up in the yard. And man, she was smiling, pulling in the driveway. Just tickled to death. I could see a big smile on her face. She hops out of, the, of her uh, van, comes over to where I am. I was out there pruning up some trees. She said, uh, I got something to show you. I said, what is it? She said, I've got a new puppy. <laughs> and so uh, a few weeks ago, she had told me about a young lady she had spoken to that said that they was going to give her a, a Siberian Husky. So I was like, man, maybe she got the Husky. That'd be awesome, you know, because I love those dogs. But No. Someone definitely gave her this dog. Um, somebody had them, giving them away out town. She happened to see them as she was driving by and wanted that puppy. And so my automatic reaction was, we got to take the puppy back, you know, because I didn't want the puppy. Y'all know what happens with a puppy. Everybody loves the puppy for the first two days. And then after the first two or three days, nobody wants anything to do with the puppy. And now the puppy's going to be a puppy and tear up everything in the yard because this puppy is part lab, I don't something else. You know, y'all know how a uh, lab is. Uh, this puppy's going to be something else in a few months, I'm just telling you. And, and everybody's going to be tired of the puppy then, but right now everybody's loving the puppy. And so my automatic reaction, we're taking the puppy back. I don't want the puppy. We don't need the puppy. We've already got a dog. We don't want the puppy. And so Ellie Grace comes out of the car with this puppy like a baby. Walking up, big blue eyes. Loving this baby, just rubbing the hair off of it. Got the, got the dog, the little puppy, in the basket on her bicycle, riding around the yard, you know. And so she walks up to me and they, can, they know me so they know that when I like something, when I don't like it, I'm terrible. My face always tells the truth. I can't hide anything. If I like it, you're probably going to know I like it. If you don't like if I don't like you're probably going to know that too. My face tells the story. My wife always says that. I can look at you and tell what's going on, and that's true. And so my kids can do the same thing. They knew I wasn't liking it, and she comes walking up to me, her and Gage, uh, and Ellie Grace got the puppy like the baby, and they say, Dad, we'll take the puppy back if you want us to. Guess what I heard this morning on my front porch? The, the whining of the puppy. That's right. Why? Because they're my babies I don't love them. They love the puppy. I don't as much love the puppy, but because they love the puppy and I love them, we kept the puppy. Why? Because I'm their father. Amen. I'll do things for my kids I maybe not wouldn't do for someone else. And listen, when Paul says in Romans 8.15 that we now have an Abba Father, a Daddy God, this, and this uh, God, this Father that we have, is the sovereign God of the universe who has all power and who loves us perfectly, even more than I can love my kids. Amen? When we get a hold of all that, this God who wants what's best for us, this God who is able to do what we ask, when we see who He is, then we see how powerful prayer truly is. Because just like a good father, He answers the prayers of His children. There's power in prayer. E.M. Bounds One of my favorite writers on prayer, he said it like this. He said, The greatest thing we can do for God or man is to pray. Oswald Chambers said it like this. He said, We sometimes think that we're getting ready for the work by praying. He said, We don't need to realize that prayer is the greatest work. There's great power in prayer. When God's people pray, the hand of God is moved. You say, brother, how do you know that? Because I know what God's Word says. And do you know that King Hezekiah had years added unto his life when he chose to pray? The Bible says he was sick unto death. And he prayed. God answered that prayer and added years to his life. Wow. Do you know that Joshua prayed during the battle? And God caused the sun to stop in the afternoon sky so they would have enough time to win on the battlefield. All because God's people chose to pray. There's power in prayer. Folks, I don't know where I would be without people praying for me. I can tell you this I wouldn't be here. Pray, it works. We see the power in it because of who our Father is and what He is able to do. We also see the privilege in it because, folks, listen, I can understand full well why I would want to know the God, uh, the sovereign God of the universe. What I can understand is why He would want to know me. I can understand why I would want to pray to Him. What I can not understand is why He would listen to me. But you know He does. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you ever pray and you feel just like your prayers ain't reaching above the ceiling? You ever feel that way? Now, I want you to understand there's a lot of things that can and do hinder our prayer lives. And that's a different message for a different day. But but I want you to know this. Don't trust your feelings. Trust in the truth. When you feel like God's not hearing you as His child... Trust in what God's word says. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 14. The Bible says it plainly. Watch this. I love this verse. I hold to this verse. I stand on this verse. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything in accordance to his will, watch this. He hears us. So, when you think God's not hearing you, when you feel like God's not hearing you, don't trust in your feelings, for your feelings will fool you. You keep trusting in the truth, believing when God says, I listen, he means it. Amen? The power of prayer, there's great privilege in prayer. We get to speak to the star breathing God we call Father. Wow. I'm so glad of that. You ought to be too, child of God. Let me say something else. There needs to be some priority in prayer. What do you you mean by that, the priority of prayer? Well, uh, let me tell you what I feel happens a lot of times. We try everything else and then we pray. Isn't that the truth? A lot of times we'll make the decision and then when the decision that we've made, does it turn out like we want it to turn out, then we're going to pray about it. A A lot of times... Uh, What we'll do, we try to fix the situation every way we can fix it in our power. Then we'll pray. A lot of times we'll make the plan and then want God to get in on it. When God wants to make the plan and let us in on it. But we miss out on all of that, the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and what God wants in our lives because we don't prioritize prayer. We don't pray first. We want to make a mess of the situation then pray that God fixes it. We want to get ahead of God instead of following behind him. We want to open the door instead of allowing God opening the door and then us by faith walking through it. Oh, folks, make prayer a priority. Pray first and pray often. Amen? Do you know that's how Jesus operated? You go back and you read through the, through the Gospels, and let me tell you what you're going to find out. As Jesus went to different areas, wherever He was, He was ministering at that time, He didn't find the synagogue. Let me tell you what He found. The mountain. It was in the mountain that Jesus got along with His Heavenly Father and spent time in prayer. He prioritized. And prayer was His priority. He prayed first. Oh, I want to do the same thing, don't you? I want God to guide my steps. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I believe that. I am considered good not because of who I am but because in whom I've trusted. The righteousness of Christ has been, been imputed by faith unto me, unto every believer and I want you to know God will direct your steps if you allow Him to. But you've got to allow Him to. Pray about everything. Every decision. God cares about what you care about. A lot of people say, Well, I don't want to bother God with what's going on in my little life. Guess what? God's big enough to handle it. Amen? Don't worry about putting too much on God's plate. Don't worry about troubling him. I mean, after all, if he can speak and the universe can happen, surely he's big enough to handle what's going on in my life. And because, again, he's my daddy God, he cares about what's going on in my life. I've got many great memories as a a father with my children. One of my greatest is coming home from work And my son Gage being able to tie a shoe. I walked in the living room and he's all smiles, you know, tickled to death. He said, Dad, I got to show you something. All right, buddy, let's see it. He gets the shoe off, you know, and he sets down, starts, or puts the shoe on, sets down, starts tying it, man. He ties it up. Big old smile comes over his face. And I said, Son, I'm so proud of you. You've done such a good job. I knew you could do it. We'd been working on it for a little bit, and finally he got it, man. And I'm going to tell you something that did something for me. That may not do a whole lot for you. You me tell you why. You're not his father. But when I saw what many see is that small thing happen in his life as his father, that meant a great deal to me. What I mean by that? God cares about the smallest detail of your life. Whatever it is. Hey, what's going on at work? God cares about it. Pray to Him about it. Talk to Him about it. What's going on in your family? God cares about it. Talk to Him about it. What's going on in your church? God cares about it. Talk to Him about it. Make prayer a priority. But let me say one other thing. Be persistent in praying. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 17, it says pray without ceasing. Does that mean we ought to stay in the church house 24 hours a day in this altar and pray? We can't do that, can we? And I got to go to work tomorrow. You do too. We've got responsibilities that we got to take care of. Let me tell you the good thing wherever you go as a child of God, God's with you. He never leaves you and He never forsakes you. And He hears you wherever you are. Listen, he, he, is, he is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Right now, the Holy Spirit of God has indwelled you as a believer. He, you are the temple of God. God lives in you wherever you go. There He is. Because that's true. Wherever I am, I can talk to Him. Amen. So stay in a continual attitude of prayer. Don't give up on praying for that lost loved one, for that relationship in your life. I was preaching a revival service on prayer once upon a time. This lady came up to me after the service. I was standing in the back of the church greeting people as they were leaving, uh, talking to them about uh, whatever they want to talk about. And this lady comes back there through the, the, the back of the church there. And, man, t- tears just streaming down her face. I can tell the Lord done got a hold of her. And, uh, and I'm standing back there. And she walks up. And, man, this puts a bear hug on me. I'm talking about this grabs me up, hugs me tight. And she says, oh, brother, I'm so thankful for what you shared. I said, uh, well, you know, all glory be to God. Thank him, man. He's the one who gave it to me. And I just praise God that he spoke to your heart tonight. And she said she began telling me about her husband. She called me outside. She grabbed my other arm. dragged me out the back door. And she said, see that man right over there? And I said, yeah. She said, that's my husband. She said, I've been praying for him for 25 years. She said, for 25 years, I had a terrible home life. He didn't know Jesus. But I loved him, and I knew God loved him. And I kept praying for him. And she said, then... After 25 years of praying, he got saved. And she said, Five years ago, he got saved, and now he's a deacon in our church. Teaching Sunday school. Big smile on her face. She said, I know there's power in prayer. And I've learned to not give up. God is able. God is able. You keep praying. I don't know what's happening with you. I don't know what's going on in your life. That's sometimes, I feel like the greatest challenge is a pastor. You don't know where everybody's coming from or what's happening. But I've just learned, I've, I've just got to give that to God. Because even though I don't know where you're coming from or what's going on with you, or really a lot of times even how I can help, I'm trusting God knows all things. He knows just what you need. Just what I need. And He's able. Amen? Keep praying. Don't you give up. Keep trusting. I want to read to you one verse and I'm done. Luke Chapter Number 11. Look at verse five. Jesus speaks a parable on prayer here. I love how He puts this. And he said to them, "Which of you shall have a friend?" Everybody say, a friend?" <laughs> wow. Now you're going to see this in a minute, but I'll, I want you to know, if you're a child of God, he sees you as friend. The Bible says Abraham was called the friend of God because Abraham trusted by faith in what God said and who God was and is. And if you've trusted in Jesus this morning, God sees you as a friend. He says, which of you have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread? Notice the time, it's at midnight. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in the bed. I cannot rise and give thee. And so the picture is this. Jesus said, you go over to your buddy's house. When you get over to your friend's house, you knock on the door and tell him, I need three loaves of bread. And he hollers back from the, no, it's midnight. My kids are asleep. We're asleep. Come back later. Watch what happens. Watch this. verse number 8 and I say unto you though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend yet because of his importunity or his persistence he will rise and give him as much as he needed what's he saying he's saying look if he comes and he knocks and the friend don't come and answer he just keeps knocking I still need those loaves come help me I, I, somebody's here on a long journey I don't have anything to feed him please get up and he keeps knocking and the friend in the bed still tra- goes back to no." Nope. Keeps knocking. Every time he closes his eyes, all he can hear is that knocking on the front door. He is persistently asking for what he needs. Watch what else Jesus says here. Verse number nine. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Why does God to wait about answering our prayers well if i knew that i'd be god you would too but i'm trusting the god who knows me best and loves me most is going to do what's right throughout my life and i'm asking that his perfect will be done whether my prayers are answered now or answered later for even if God waits till later listen when it's done it'll be done right you got to trust that you got to trust that what does prayer have to do with abundant life well a lot of times what we do we worry about everything and pray about little the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 that we ought to worry about nothing and pray about everything. You miss out on the abundant life Jesus has purchased for you when you choose not to pray and give it all to Him. had a sister call me up. She said, Brother Israel, I need your prayers. Mother of three, I got some news three days before she talked to me. She had a brain tumor that was going to have to be operated on. They'd set up the date for the surgery. At that time, her kids, I think the oldest was probably around, I don't know, 10, 11 years old, all the way down to baby age. So you can imagine what was going through this mama's mind. And so she calls me up. She says, I found a brain tumor. They're going to operate on it. She said, I'm asking that you pray for me because I believe God's able. And she said, I've given it to God with both hands. I like that. You know what she was trying to say? I'm not going to give it to him with one hand and take it back with the other. I'm giving it all to him. Lord, here it is. Peter said it like this. Cast your cares upon the Lord for he cares for you. Do you believe that? Quit worrying about everything and praying about little. Pray about everything and worry little. (laughs) Amen? Amen? Everybody stand. Let me ask you, have you been born again and know it? Do you know you've been saved? Do you know there's been a point in time in your life Will the Lord truly made a difference in you? If, If not, let today be the day. If you're unsure, nail it down today. Today's the day I trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of my sin. Whatever you need, you come. Now, if you already are a child of God and you've got several things going on in your life, and it feels like the cares of this life are crushing you, believe me, I've been there. I know what that's all about. Do you know when cares get too big for us to carry on our shoulders? God is able and He's big enough to carry them on His. Cast your care on Him. Give it to Jesus today you got a lost loved one you need to pray for, get in this altar and pray for them. I love getting in the altar. Listen, the altar is where men and women of God has been doing business with God all throughout the Old Testament through the New Testament. And today, God still does business with His people at the altar. If you need to come today and just pray for that lost loved one, pray for that relationship, pray for that problem at work, pray that God has His way and will. Do that. Do that. Don't wait this morning. Whatever you need, you come. I don't know, there's just something stirring within my spirit. Maybe someone today is facing a decision. I don't know what it is. I just feel this strongly. Maybe you've got to go one way or the other, and you don't know which way to go. Trust Him. Ask for His guidance. I'm telling you that because it's been my experience. If you're willing to be led, He wants to do the leading. And So I'm going to pray for you right now, whoever you are. I don't don't know, I just feel that Somebody needs some direction today. Let's bow our heads. Father God, sometimes we don't know what's best. We don't know what to do or what to say. But Lord, we know that you see all things. You are omniscient. Lord, you are omnipotent. You have all power. And so Lord, we're asking you right now to bring direction to your people so that the decisions that need to be made are made in accordance to your will. Father, when we don't know what to do, we trust you. You are so good. Thank you for being our Abba Father that loves us so much. Thank you, Lord. I can talk to you about everything. Father, when I can't talk to no one else, you know exactly where I'm coming from and I can talk to you. I'm thankful you never leave me and you never forsake me. I'm thankful for these services today. Lord, we ask that you go with us now as we leave and bring us back again. In Jesus' name, amen.